A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. (laughs) 6.30 chance. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Motion starts for Ottawa. They'll send three receivers to the short side. That's to the left of the line as Harris drops back and throws. Going to the end zone. Man's wide open. Touchdown. Wow. Brad Sinopoli is absolutely wide open in the end zone. There's the snap. Riley will drop back. He throws and is it incomplete? Incomplete, and Ottawa will win it. I thought Riley had room. He he had had room room to to get the first down for sure, but elected to throw, and it goes incomplete. Got to ask Mike on the the last play, did you think at all about running? No, honestly, climbed the pocket, and, uh, you know, the first read was Darius on the out route, and the second read was Nate, and, uh, you know, he had his guy beat, and he was coming across the field. It was a little bit of an awkward throw that I need to make, and, uh, you know, if I hit him in stride, we got a big play on our hands rather than taking it and running it myself. So... Um, you know, I just got to make a better throw, and then there's there's no debate about that. It was intended for Nate Kuhorn, I believe, over the top, and it ends up going incomplete, and the Red Blacks will win this one by a 45-37 score. There were so many opportunities in that game. We shouldn't have been playing in overtime. We should have sealed that game well before that. Wow, that seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Uh, well, that's because it was nine days since that loss to Ottawa to start the season since then. Nothing but time off until today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Eskimo Show. My name is Morley Scott. Good to be talking football once again after a week away. Good show for you tonight. The newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos will join us. We'll talk with linebacker Alex Hoffman-Ellis. He'll join us after the news at 8.30 today. Uh, I got to say the word Poughkeepsie today while talking with Poughkeepsie native Ruben Frank, defensive end. Man, he had a big play. Blocked punt and a touchdown in the game uh, a, a week ago. Uh, we'll talk to him about that and about his football path. Uh, also, head coach Jason Moss will be by as well. But first, the quarterback. You know, the Eskimos went back to work today after the bye week, uh, heading into a uh, meeting with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday. They were back on the brick field today to start their preparations. Really tough, I think, to enjoy the bye week after a loss. But those, of course, were the cards the Eskimos dealt themselves. Here's Mike Riley. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, as you said, you always want to leave for a bye week on a good note, and that was not a good note to lose the game, um, you know, especially as difficult as it was, losing in overtime, uh, being so close to, to walking away with a win. Um, you know, but as I've said throughout my career, uh, you know, you, you take it one game at a time, and that's whether you win or lose. you gotta, you got to learn from it. you got to learn from what you did wrong in both scenarios, uh, but then you got to flush it and move on and get ready for the next opponent. So, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit longer because you can't, you know, you got extra days before you get prepared for the next opponent. So the first two or three days were tough. You watch the film. You think about all the things you could have done differently uh, that would have helped you win the game. Um, you know, but you can't let yourself feel that much differently. If a guy misses a 55-yard field goal, are you going to really be that much more excited? You wouldn't have done anything different. You still look at it and go, no, we didn't play good enough, whether he makes that kick or not. So uh, there was a lot of things we can improve upon, but there were some things we did well also. And I guess guys come out and say after a big win, you want to forget about it and focus on the next game. I guess right. you got that's got to work both ways, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and again, it's easy to say. Um, for me, it's, it's harder for me to let go of a loss than it is to let go of a win. Usually after a win for 
you know, 12 or 24 hours, I'm excited about it, and then I'm then I'm I'm off it. A loss usually takes more like 72 hours because, again, you think about every single play, and it usually comes down to just a handful of plays. That if you would have done better, you would have won the football game, and that certainly held true for that game. Uh, I know you went home for the week uh, with your wife Emily, and I know you got some uh, some big family news a couple of weeks earlier. We uh, we let everybody in the fact that uh, you're going to be a father soon, but you got yeah. some more real interesting news while yeah. you were back home. Yeah, I uh, we went home. We found out first and foremost that uh, everything's healthy and looking good, and and uh, we're going to be welcoming a baby girl back uh, home with us in November. Uh, well, here in Canada, and then taking her back to the states. But uh, it's it's weird to refer to as her now, not just the baby. Now that we know, but uh, we're super excited. Um, you know, she's gonna have she's gonna have the best spiral of any girl in the world, I think. So <laughs> she might throw like a girl, but it'll be a good throw. Right? Hey, she's gonna be tough. If there's anything I do know, she's yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she she's probably not gonna slide or go out of bounds. So <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be tough. All right, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, all right, back to work uh, this week. Uh, what did you notice day one of practice was a different feel to it? How was it coming back? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had a day zero yesterday where we came in and met and um, just watched some film and things like that. And again, guys were excited to be back. You could tell that they're they're itching to get back on the field and and you know there's no way to to make up for a losing performance other than to get on the field and, and get a win so you know that's guys were excited to get back to work um, today you could tell that there's a little bit of rust that guys are trying to knock off in terms of being back on the field and getting into the flow and the guys are thinking quite a bit because we got a lot of new plays going in things like that that's expected on day one um, you know and, and tomorrow I expect that to be cleaned up and for us to operate a lot faster but that's the normal cycle of the work week so um, you know it, it was everything that I expected it to be what do you know about the Saskatchewan defense that you learned in the preseason and that you learned uh, watching one game of film, and I guess that you learned in the last two years. Yeah, you know, I mean, they've they've changed quite a bit just from the first week of preseason till now. Uh, you can tell that they're uh, they're adapting and trying to trying to make that defense work the best for them based on their personnel uh, combined with Coach Jones' philosophy. So you know, they continue to tweak things, and I'm sure that we'll see some stuff uh, in our game that we haven't seen yet on film. Um, but again, it's it's the same style and philosophy of defense that Coach Jones ran here. You know, he's going to be aggressive at certain times, and other times he's going to drop back and take everything away. It's what I've been dealing with in practice for two years prior to this year. Um, you know, so we'll be ready for the stuff we've seen, and we have to be able to adapt uh, during the game. Uh, and I want to say this up pointing fingers at the defense, but uh, most nights you scored enough points against Ottawa to win the football game. Uh, where's your satisfaction level with the offense and the way it operated last week? Well, the way I look at it is we didn't score enough points to win, so I don't care if we have to score five points or if we have to score 100. If we don't win the football game, we didn't do enough offensively. We didn't score enough points to win. So that's how I looked at that game. I, I feel like we did leave a lot of points out there on the field. We had a couple of opportunities um, You know, when we, we got a turnover and we're down in their red zone and we walk away after a two and out with field goal we got to be better than that we got to we got to finish with a touchdown um, there was you know the first quarter was was hard sledding because Milo pinned us deep a couple of times but as an offense it's our job to move the ball back into better field position and, and put our team in a better scenario so there was a lot of things that we did do well and that I was happy with and excited about what we can can have continuing on with the season but there was a lot of things that we need to improve on as well terrible field position especially in the first half you're deep a lot as you said does that take stuff out of your playbook or does it add stuff to it because you have more field to work. Uh, well, 
It just depends. I mean, you know, you can't. Sometimes you can't be quite as aggressive because you, you're really just trying to get a couple of first downs at that point. I mean, depending on where you are on the field, your mindset changes certainly uh, as a quarterback, as a play caller, as an offensive unit. When you're backed up in your own end zone, you just want to get out. You want to get a couple of first downs, and if you have to punt, you want to be able to punt from the 30 or further than that, so you can get decent field position for you know against the other team uh, for your defense to work with. Once you start to get closer to midfield, now you're thinking, okay, we're gonna we need to come away with at least a field goal, and then once you get into field goal range with our kickers once we get past the 35 we know they're going to be automatic so at that point it, you know it doesn't help to get down to the five yard line without scoring a touchdown you need to come away with six so uh, that's how your mindset changes a little bit but in terms of the, the play calling and the playbook and, and what you can do uh, we feel pretty confident with our entire offense being available to us at any point in time on the field. Uh, John White, uh, I think he had, well, let me look at my notes here, uh, six, six, Campbell, uh, yeah, he'll get the stats from Dave, right? Uh, 16 touches, 99 yards, nice to have him in and, and being active like he was. Yeah, no question, he got in the end zone twice as well, I know that's that Dave, I can see him looking at me right now, but, uh, you know, he's just, it's good to have him back, I know that he was excited, uh, you know, he showed some emotion, uh, maybe a little too much on a play or two there, but, uh, you know, he's the type of guy that's always played like that, so uh, it was great to have him back on the field and contributing. Um, you know, putting points on the board and, and getting hard runs for us. And his role will continue to expand. He'll get more and more comfortable with being back on the field. And, uh, again, we expect big things from him, so it's no surprise. All right, great stuff, Mike. Appreciate your time. Thank you, and uh, congrats again on the baby girl. All right, thank you very much. Uh, Mike Roddy was, uh, what, 28 of 40, 383 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. So a pretty good game through the air for Mike Riley. Uh, and as we heard off the top when we heard some of the highlights from the game uh, last Saturday, the one thing that stood out for me is that he didn't run. He didn't run in that uh, chance in overtime. He threw the ball to Nate Kuhorn. It ended up going uh, incomplete. I thought he had the space to run, but as he explained, uh, you know, he thought he had a big play there, and uh, maybe for a touchdown or maybe more. So we'll uh, we'll let that one slide. Tough loss, though. Tough way to start the season, although they lost game one last week. Also lost Riley last year, I mean, and uh, they managed to rebound from that as well uh, and uh, finished up, obviously, with uh, a Grey Cup championship and in first place in the CFL West. We'll see how they respond on Friday. And it's a, it's a big game on Friday. Winnipeg plays the night before on Thursday night this week, and uh, that all depends, of course, on, on how they do. But Winnipeg does play the night before, and uh, we'll see because, you know what, the loser of this game on Friday is going to be 0-2. And depending on what Winnipeg does, could be tied for last place. Uh, so a lot of heat on both these teams, I think, coming into this game. Uh, Chris Jones and the coaching staff returning again. They were here in preseason. I don't know if it's anything special anymore. Somebody from, from out east uh, emailed me today and said, hey, anything big going on with, this, with Chris Jones coming back? And I said, hey, it's been a bye week. No one's really talking about it. And he was already back once. He already returned in the preseason. He held his media availability. He talked about leaving. He talked about coming back. I don't know if there's anything more uh, to put to bed to, to talk about. I think we can put the subject to bed now and just kind of get on with, with trying to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night. Late game on Friday, 8 o'clock start on Friday. And uh, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock from uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, myself, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott will uh, be there. Uh, Reed Wilkins might drop by as well, he told me today. So uh, we'll have everything for you. Heading uh, into the game on Friday for uh, two hours, and then we'll kick it off uh, just after 8 o'clock for the Eskimos, the 0-1 Eskimos against the 0-1 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, don't forget, tickets available. they got the $30 ticket price uh, special going on right now. Head to the Eskimos website to check that out this week. Uh, also, it's... Uh, 
Purilator Tackle Hunger. So uh, bring some non-perishable food items as well to donate and see if we can continue to pile up uh, the numbers there. Two pounds of food equals one dollar, I believe, as far as uh, uh, as far as food goes. So uh, bring something, uh, whether it's some uh, some KD or some tuna or whatever the case may be. Bring something for Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night. Uh, we heard from Mike Riley. Uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about the fact that uh, they didn't score enough points. It doesn't matter how many the defense gave up. They didn't score enough points to win. Jason Moss has pretty much the same attitude and the same response to almost the same question. We'll hear that when we come back. It's coming up to 819. You're listening to The Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. This is The Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chet. Still to come. On the program uh, this evening, we will talk with the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, acquired today in a trade, linebacker Alex Hoffman-Ellis will join us after the news at 8.30. Uh, we'll also uh, check in with Ruben Frank, rookie defensive end, who made a pretty big play, didn't he, uh, in the opening game a week ago against Ottawa. Right now, though, we're going to hear from the head coach, Jason Moss. The Eskimos, of course, back to work today after the bye week. Tough, tough, tough time to take a week off after a loss, I think especially after week one. You work so hard through training camp, you get geared up, you play the game, and you win, you go away happy, you enjoy a week off, you lose, you sit and you stew in it for a while. And that's what the Eskimos had to do. Uh, But Jason Moss told me today that he still wanted to make sure that his players knew what the bye week was for, and that is to get some rest, to recoup, and be ready for a long stretch of football. But like I told the guys after the game, make sure you go home, relax, re-energize yourself. Uh, we all watch the game right after it as coaches and grade it to kind of get the taste out of your mouth and understand why we didn't win and, you know, things we could have done better at the end of the day. You know, we didn't win and you got to move on. Uh, does it make it harder? Yes, being on a bye and having to wait so long to play again. But at the same time, you still have to rest and relax because it's one of the only ones you get all year. Uh, well, let's talk about how how it graded out as uh, you look back at it. What was your biggest takeaway as a head coach of the club from that lost Ottawa? Uh, we battled. I mean, it was a battle through and through. I mean, the first half, I mean, it was a good, tight defensive battle. Uh, second half, it became an offensive battle. Um, you know, and it went right down to the wire. We, you know, you look at the tape and it's a coulda, woulda, shoulda of the whole game. And, you know, you try to tell your guys that, hey, it's important every play to understand your assignment. Uh, to do your job and don't worry about doing too much. And at, at times, you know, we weren't assignment sound, and it, it cost us some points. And you know, but at the end of the day, you know, the thing I look at is we battled to the very end and came up short. And you know, you just got to learn from your mistakes. We had a, quite a few guys playing in their first game, which was is good. Um, you know, to get them one game under their belt and know that they're going to they're going to be better for it uh, come the long stretch. Uh, you scored enough points to win the football game on most nights. Talk about your defense. Was there is there a disappointment there, or just kind of going forward? What's your thoughts on your defense? The way they I, I don't look at it as scoring enough points. If you don't win, you didn't score enough points. So offensively, we didn't do our jobs. We we left quite a few points out there. We had a turnover inside their 12 yard line. We didn't score a touchdown. That's four points left on the board. We cost us two points with a safety. So that's six points right there in, in my eyes. And it was a a tied game at the end of regulation. So I don't look at a, bl- a blame game ever. I mean, we're all three phases playing together. Um, you know, offensively, we didn't do enough. Defensively, yeah, would they like some plays back? Sure. I mean, whenever you give up yards, which I don't care too much about, I care about points and winning. Um, you know, when when you don't feel like you play up to your best on every play, 
you know, you're susceptible to, to plays happening on you, and that's what happened to, to our defense at times. They still created turnovers. They were still very physical, um, you know, just a, some assignment errors, some not finishing with some tackles uh, ends, up, ends up costing you in the long run. We also had some penalties that kept drives going um, when they were off the field, some, some, you know, penalties that we can control, which is offsides. Um, so all in all, you know, you're not happy with the outcome of the game whatsoever, but understand it's, it's part of the game and part of learning. Uh, penalties, is it too early? Is one game obviously too early to talk about a trend, but is your concern over there? You had uh, obviously way too many 15-yarders. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't look at it as a whole. I mean, we had two less than they did. We had more yards than they did because four of our, our penalties were 15-yard penalties. Um, you know, you hope that you'd, you'd get better, you know, with that. Um, as the season goes on as well. I mean, um, you know, however many pen penalties we have, you know, one's too many, you know, when you look at it on a film, particularly when they're correctable. But, you know, obviously we just want to improve on that, uh, have less than what we had before. And your goal every, every week is to have less than the opponent. And we did that. But, again, too many 15-yard penalties. 16 touches, 99 yards for John White. Obviously, looks like he's okay and he's he's back. Yeah, I mean that was huge, a huge game for him to knock some rust off. You know, haven't played a full game for a year. You know, we do some different things on offense than he was accustomed to the year before. So, you know, I think he did a good job of of throwing his hat in the ring per se and saying, you know, I am back. And uh, I felt very comfortable with John back there protecting our quarterback. Whenever you put the ball in his hands, you know, a big play is possible. You know, he does a lot of things very well, and I just know he's going to get better. Um, as we progress to the season, you know, it was a big first step for him coming off that injury. That injury is no joke. And uh, for him to feel confidence after that, um, to get the bye week, you know he's going to be raring and ready to go this week. Obviously, he's going to get the opportunity to be a real big part of this offense. Yeah, I mean, our, you know, backs in this offense, you know, you know, they're a big part in the protection schemes that we do, but they're big in our passing game. And then obviously when we give it to them, um, you know, Generally, they do well, I believe, um, particularly when they're the type of caliber that John is with the O-line that we do have. Um, you know, I think we're, we're capable of running the ball well every week. We just got to um, commit to it uh, probably a bit more than what we did last week. But uh, no question John's going to be an integral part or running backs are going to be an integral part of what we do. Everybody you got nicked up in week one back at practice after the bye week, so it looks like injury-wise you're okay? Yeah, I mean, we're. I feel very confident with uh, the group that we have. Um, we're going to be going this week. Uh, guys that weren't able to go last week are better. Uh, whether they're ready to go this week or a week closer to going is good. Uh, we're going to become much healthier here in the next couple weeks. I know that. So, Alex Hoffman-Ellis added to the mix in a trade today. Uh, Tell me about the thinking about that. Well, I mean, we had both of our linebackers get uh, miss some time in the game, our previous game, and we don't have the depth there probably that we need. Um, so, you know, I like our guys behind our, you know, JC and Dion, but at the same time, we just don't have that proven veteran depth behind them. And I think Alex gives us that in both positions. He, he's played in this league and he's played at a high level. Um, he had a lot of starts last year for BC and was very productive. Uh, I feel like he's been in the system, a similar system, if not the same system as before. So I think he'll hit the ground running here. And I know he's a quality special teams player. So it's more about depth than it is being unhappy with anybody. It's just depth and we need it and we're able to get it. And uh, Nadi Aje back too? Yep. You know, we'd expected him to come back earlier, but he had a baby and uh, was not able to come back as early as we'd like. Uh, I think highly of Nate, obviously, from my time working with him in Toronto. I thought he did some really good things in camp. Just became a numbers game from our perspective uh, to make our roster and stuff. So I know the type of guy he is, and he'll work his butt off to, to get back on the roster at some point and be ready to go if we need him.
Eskimos head coach Jason Moss uh, today after practice. Uh, we talked about the two transactions of the day. Uh, at the end, it was on uh, receiver Nate Age back on the practice roster, released on cutdown day. But as Jason said, it was all the plan for him to come back. Two preseason games, he had seven catches for 68 yards. Looked pretty good in the preseason, so he's obviously worth a second look from the Eskimos' uh, perspective. And uh, the acquisition of Alex Hoffman Ellis today for an eighth-round conditional draft pick in a couple of years' time, the, the 2018 draft. Uh, Hoffman Ellis, 56 defensive tackles last year with the BC Lions, eight special teams tackles and three interceptions. Had a real breakout year in BC. Cashed in as a free agent with Hamilton. It didn't work out with them. Uh, and now he's a member of the Edmonton Eskimos. We will uh, talk to Alex Hoffman Ellis right after we check in with Randy Kilburn in the 630 Ched 24-hour news center. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on 630 Ched. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio. 630 we roll along on the Eskimo show tonight. We are joined by the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos. That is linebacker Alex Hoffman Ellis. Hey, Alex, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm uh, very good, thank you. Uh, some changes in your life in the last 24 hours. First off, your reaction to becoming a member of the Eskimos. Um, I mean, it's it's awesome when you know when someone uh, when someone trades. And gives up something to get you. I mean, it, it makes you feel wanted. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. It's great to be out here. Uh, when did you find out? And uh, take me through, walk me through what's happened since then, and all that you've had to go through. <laughs> well, uh, I found out yesterday. I, uh, I I got back from uh, from practice and, uh, and and treatment and whatever and. You know, I, I was reading, and then I closed my eyes for about 10, 15 minutes, and I woke up, and I had a voicemail. And uh, and the voicemail just told me I'd been traded. And um, so I, you know, started, you know, I called I called back. It was uh, Eric Tillman from, from Ticat, and then I talked to, uh, and then I talked to Ed Hervey, and he said, you know, I'm going to get you out here as soon as possible, and said I'd be on a, you know, a, real real early flight the next morning and uh you know all my i i'd driven out to hamilton from from portland oregon mm-hmm. so um uh you know i drove out there with all my stuff so i was just scrambling really to get to get things together uh to head out here um, you know, tie up as you know the the loose ends that i could and um you know i i uh here, here I am. Uh, you know, I've, uh, it's, it's, it's it's been a long uh, it's been a long day. The fr- so. <laughs> I guess the phrase is a New York minute, right? Things can change real quick. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And, and uh, this, I mean, this really hits home with that phrase. Yeah. So, did you leave the car in in Hamilton for now? Yep, yep. The car, the car's over there. Um, a good, a good amount of my stuff is uh, still over there. So, uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to figure that out. But that's 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 part of this business. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, you signed with the Ticats as a free agent in February. Obviously, things didn't go like you had hoped, and they had hoped. Tell me about your Hamilton experience. What happened? I mean, it's just. I, I guess I just wasn't uh, wasn't the fit they were looking for. Uh, you know, wasn't 
it wasn't the wasn't the situation either of us had hoped, I, I guess. And uh, you know, things uh, things work out how they're supposed to. So, um, no, I uh, I, pre- I appreciate you know my brief time there, and uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready to get to work as an Eskimo. Uh, you you said you talked to to Ed Hervey. Have you talked with Jason Moss? And have you been told by either one what kind of role you expect to have here? Uh, I talked to I talked to Coach Moss uh, pretty briefly, kind of just you know uh, intro and and whatnot, and, and he uh, you know welcomed me and uh, you know just said uh, get ready to get rolling. So um, you know I'm just gonna going to get get in the playbook and uh kind of get in where i fit in type deal so how much do you know that playbook obviously uh you you've you had mike benavides as a head coach a couple of years ago in bc uh is it a lot of the same thing or is it different i mean i've got i've definitely got some familiarity with it so uh you know i'll uh i'll get with him get with get with other coaches uh you know some of the other linebackers too and uh you know, work to get up to speed as soon as possible. Nice to have that familiarity of having Benavides here. Yeah, it's definitely nice to have a uh, have a familiar face uh, when you're somewhere new. Do you so. know anybody else on the team? Um, no, I uh, I, I don't actually. You know what? Uh, yeah, I was with I was with Cord Parks in BC oh, yeah, two right. years. Um, but, uh, outside of that, I don't, uh, no, I, I don't know anybody else, but I, I, you know, I met several of the guys today. Yeah. Um, seems like, seems like great locker room. So that's awesome. Um, you're okay to play on Friday. Uh, you just got to get your nose in the playbook, but health wise and everything else, you're ready to go on Friday. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. And probably pretty excited to do so. Uh, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me about last year. You had uh, Alex. I thought you had a, a breakout year last year. You got uh, you got to start some games. You you put up some pretty decent numbers throughout the season last year. Tell me about last year for you in BC. Yeah, I mean, this this was a year where I where I got an opportunity to to, to showcase what I bring to the table, and um, you know, just. Just kind of, just kind of did my part, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just happy to, to be on the field and, and be contributing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, glad I, glad I got that opportunity. Fifty-six defensive tackles. Uh, I went back and checked, and uh, my memory th- said to me, "I think he had some pretty good games against the Eskimos." And you did. You put up a couple of real big numbers against the Eskimos. I think eight tackles one game, six tackles in another game. Uh, and and as I recall, I think I, we we were talking about you in the preseason game too at UBC last year. How you were kind of all over the field in the early going of that game too. Uh, does that stick out for you too? Playing well against the Eskimos. Uh. I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I looked no, it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, I just, it, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever competition, just try to bring my A game. So if I brought it against Eskimos, uh, you know, good because at the time that's my opponent. <laughs> but 
glad to be a part of it now. Excellent. All right, uh, Alex Hoffman-Ellis, the newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos. Thanks for your time tonight. I know it's been a real hectic 24 hours for you. Uh, we'll let you go, and I imagine you got some sleep to catch up on tonight. Some sleep and some food. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you. Newest member of the Edmonton Eskimos, linebacker Alex Hoffman-Ellis, acquired today for an eighth-round conditional draft pick in 2018. He just got beat out for a job in Hamilton. That's the word from from the Ticats people, and they decided after signing him as a free agent uh, uh, they were going to go a different direction, and uh, they moved him to Edmonton, and he'll get an opportunity uh, to work on special teams for sure, probably get into some kind of rotation a little bit in the defensive uh, uh, side of things on the linebacking core. And as Jason Moss said when we talked to him earlier tonight, both J.C. Sherrod and Dion Lacey got hurt and had to leave the game for part of the game, uh, and they just want some veteran depth there. And uh, he's a third-year CFLer and uh, had a real good year last year, real breakout year last year with the B.C. Lions before signing with Hamilton as a free agent. A couple of other notes, CFL today, Deron Carter suspended for one game. The Montreal receiver, of course, uh, trampled. Rick Campbell, head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Campbell, though, uh, he's not without blame in all this. He was out on the field where he shouldn't have been. Uh, some people say he leaned in. I thought he was more trying to brace himself than anything else. But Rick Campbell fined today by the CFL as well. Also fined uh, Red Black safety uh, Jermaine Robinson, who delivered a pretty vicious helmet-to-helmet hit in the end zone on Carter as he made the touchdown reception before he headed towards the Ottawa bench. Also find uh, Jarrell Gavins, DB, who uh, slapped and punched him from behind as he was walking by the bench on the side. Why are the benches on the same side of the field? I can't figure that out. It's it's just a bad situation. All four Eastern teams have the benches on the same side of the field now, and uh, there's just no need for it. Two of those stadiums are brand new, too. You think you could have built in some extra room to have the benches on opposite sides. Anyway, that's going to continue till the CFL does something about it. Uh, Saskatchewan here Friday, 8 o'clock for the pregame, uh, 8 o'clock for the kickoff pregame at 6 here on 6.30, Chid. It's Pure Later Tackle Hunger Night, so don't forget to bring something uh, for uh, the food bank. $30 tickets. You can uh, head to the Eskimos website for all your ticket information. And by the way, congratulations to Eskimos President and CEO Len Rhodes, uh, Alberta Ventures, 50 most influential people in Alberta, uh, named today, and among them was Mr. Rhodes, so congratulations to Len Rhodes. Uh, Connor McDavid made the list as well, Daryl Cates, uh, and our very own Ryan Jesperson. I'd like to see them treat this like the TSN Top 50, where guys who feel they're influencers in Alberta Get on the old Tweety box and start tweeting uh, Alberta Venture and saying, hey, where am I? Why is he that high? Why is he that low? I should be on the list. I guess that's the difference between real life and sports. Uh, a couple of notes from Saskatchewan. Sean Lemon, of course, traded on the weekend for quarterback Mitch Gale and uh, offensive lineman Matt uh, uh, Sewell. Now Sewell apparently is saying, I don't want to go to Regina. I want to stay close to home, so I just might retire. Things aren't going well for Saskatchewan in that department. And uh, they did sign uh, uh, Josiah St. John today, their uh, first overall draft pick from this year. They've had a contract issue since the draft. They settled it out and uh, officially announced it today. we got uh, one more guest to bring in after we take a break. We're going to talk with Eskimo rookie defensive end Ruben Frank when we continue on the Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. 23-year-old defensive end, 
Ruben Frank out of Poughkeepsie, New York, got himself on the map. Went to school at the University of Connecticut, but uh, he had a pretty nice debut in the Canadian Football League. Blocked a punt, then chased it into the end zone for a touchdown for the Eskimos in the loss to the Ottawa Red Blacks last week. Had a chance to catch up with Ruben uh, Frank today to talk to him a little bit about uh, his football path, a little bit about scoring a touchdown in his first game. But we started the conversation talking about July the 4th. Fourth of July in Canada is a little bit different, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still great to be here, though. Was July 4th a big day for you growing up? Huge day, honestly. Cookouts, going to see your family, hanging out with friends, swimming, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah you are born in Poughkeepsie. Did you grow up there, too? Yeah, born and raised in Poughkeepsie, New York. You know what I mean? Nice little city, so. How close? Is that part of New York City or right on the boundary? It's like... It's like outskirts, so I'm like 30 minutes from like the Bronx, so that's like where I live. So, yeah. nice so little area. You're, you're growing up close enough that you can yeah. visit, but far enough away that you don't get caught up in the big city. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, it's pretty good. You played uh, a week ago now, your first CFL game. Uh, tell me about the experience. I know obviously the loss hits harder than anything else, but the experience for you playing in your first CFL game, how was it? Well, it was just fun, you know, like love football obviously like I'm I'm blessed to be able to play thank God for that but uh you know it was a f- great experience being able to play with my teammates obviously it would have been better better to come out with a win but you know you just got to learn from from your errors and try to come back and win so yeah. and uh you got a souvenir too did you keep the football from the touchdown <laughs> nah I didn't keep the football like a couple of players had asked me that today too but no nah, I, I didn't keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me about that play a block punt and then a touchdown oh uh, well I had got through earlier in the day, like almost had blocked the punt, but I, but like when I got there, I really wasn't ready. I was like, man, like I got I got kind of close to that time. I might be able to get one of these. And then um, we had ran the same play again, and then I got through, and I was like, I got to make the best of this. And then I just tried to block it. And then when I actually blocked it, I was really surprised. I was like, man, I was really moving. And then got there, blocked it, ran up, tried to scoop it and score a touchdown for the team. You weren't even touched getting through that, right? Well, I had barely, knocked I mean, down, yeah, barely touched. I had knocked down one hand and pretty much just ran. So, I mean, <laughs> and then and then you got to kind of get to the ball. Yeah, fast yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, you got some fast guys out there, DBs and whatnot. So I was like, man, like, let me try to get to this first, you yeah. know. But it was fun though. Always nice to get tackled by your teammate in the end zone to celebrate. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was Ailey Nagoya who got the first. Yeah, like it, like it, like it was great to to get a whole bunch of love from your teammates and stuff like that. I haven't been here that long, but they make me feel at home, and I love I love the environment, and the experience that I'm I get to have. So. And nice to be in the highlight pack, so everyone, if they didn't see it on TV, everyone home back home can see you working. Yeah, a couple people had had uh, congratulated me on that, whatever they were telling me about the loss or whatever. But yeah, like it was it was good to be recognized for hard work, but you know so. Try to keep working. How has the experience been for you from the start of training camp right to preseason games and into the into the regular season? How's it been for you? Has it been much of an adjustment? Um, I wouldn't say it was too hard of an adjustment. Obviously, you got to learn a playbook and stuff like that. Lack of sleep sometimes, but but like you know what I mean. Like it's like what I love to do, and like and like I said earlier, I'm blessed to be able to do it. Like rather than working a regular job at this point in time in my life, so. This is a fun time, honestly. Loved it. What's your impressions of Edmonton and of uh, being uh, in Canada right now? <laughs> being in Canada and Edmonton is a whole lot different from New York. I can say that much. But, you know, uh, it's uh, it's still, like, not too bad. Like, they got that big mall out here. I, have, I have visited the mall, yes, oh, not yesterday, but last week on our little bye week. So it was fun. You, know I mean? you stayed in town during the bye week? Yeah, stayed in town, watched Netflix all day, sleep. That's pretty much all I do. Try to get as much sleep as I can. Nice to get a break. I mean, you, you go pretty hard from the end of May when camp starts up until you got that chance to get a few days in a row off. Exactly, yeah. So it was good like, to get a good week off, and me and the team are going to try to work real hard so we can get this win this week coming up. 
work real hard and see what happens, you know? All right, the question is, what are you watching on Netflix? On Netflix, uh, pretty much every scary movie like that there is. Like, I can yeah. watch scary movies all day. No matter how bad it is, I just I just like it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just my thing. It's yeah. a fun, fun thing to do. Well, uh, there's a lot of punters out there who watch some scary highlights of you, and they're going to be aware of you now. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. You know, I'm just going to keep working. Hopefully, something good happens when I'm out there. Uh, we know you made the mark, obviously, on special teams. How was it when you got in the defensive rotation? Defensive rotation was fun, like you know what I mean. But obviously, we, we we struggled to get to the quarterback a little bit more, like than we'd like to. But you know what I mean. Like I I was enjoying myself out there, running around, having fun with the guys, you know. So it was a fun experience. Uh, what's your football path? Uh, high school in, in Poughkeepsie? Yeah, I went to high school in Poughkeepsie, and then I had played football at the University of Connecticut. I had started off playing fullback, and then went from fullback to defensive lineman to linebacker, and now I'm here at DN. So it's pretty fun. And you had uh, you're in the NFL for a while, right? Uh, trying out Detroit Lions. Yeah, I was with Detroit Lions uh, last summer for like mini camp and stuff like that. But yeah, so that's pretty much my little experience. And then and then this was like a, a big thing for me because honestly, like that, like after that Detroit Lions mini camp was like, oh, we're not going to sign you. And then uh, pretty much focus all my effort and energy towards working and training hard, eating right and stuff like that, so that if I ever got an opportunity to go back. Or to to come out here because I, I knew like that they had these trials like that so I was going to a lot of trials and working my hardest so that way I'd be able to you, were, make a team. Were you at some of the Eskimo off-season open trials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I had I went to one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so then like that's like where I got scouted and stuff like that. And then they had told me that they're keeping contact with me. And then here I am now. So I'm grateful and humble because there's a lot of people that go to those trials and then don't don't get calls after. But then I got one, so I was really humbled and happy to be able to have the experience. And now you get into the situation where you're a pro player and you got to go out and produce every week to keep Exactly, up, right? exactly, yeah. So it's just a, every day is pretty much like a work day, obviously. You know what I mean? You got you to always make sure that you're earning like like what you're doing because everybody wants to be like where you're at. But because I'm here, I got to take advantage of it and use everything around me to my advantage to make sure that I'm, you know what I mean, on, on top of my game. So When you started talking with the Eskimos, and I don't know if you talked to other CFL teams or not, but when you started talking with them, what were your thoughts and, and your perceptions of the Canadian Football League at that point? Did you feel like, I, I don't want to go there because I, I still want to keep trying in the NFL? Or, or how did you kind of wrap your head around? Absolutely not. That was like that was like the last thought going through my mind. Like, I was just in the mindset of, I just want to play football. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like I'm grateful. Like, like if any team or, like, any opportunity, like, would have popped up, I'm, I'm willing to take that because I know that, you know what I mean, you can make the most of it and play football. For, like, well, as a job, it's like the best thing I feel like there is to do for an athlete, you know. And guys can guys can honestly get lost in the NFL on practice rosters, right? You know, you can go from one team to the other. Next thing you know, it's two years you haven't played a game. Exactly, yeah. And then like I've got got opportunity to play a lot of, a lot on special teams, and then a little bit on defense and stuff like that. So it, so it was really just fun, like to be able to just be a part of it. And you know what I mean, like being part of a team atmosphere is just a great thing. I, like I, I missed that a lot, like when I wasn't playing. So I'm real happy that I got the chance to do this. Great stuff, Ruben. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate you. 23-year-old Ruben Frank, defensive end. You know, early on in training camp, uh, about a week or so in, uh, before the preseason game started, I was having a conversation um, with Marcus Howard, and uh, he brought up Ruben Frank and said, this kid's going to be really, really good. Uh, he's had a good impact so far. He's made the team out of camp, uh, had an impact in his first professional football game, block punt for a touchdown in the loss to the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll see how he develops the rest of the way. Our thanks to Ruben Frank, who was one of our guests tonight. Also, we spoke with uh, new Eskimo Alex Hoffman-Ellis, head coach Jason Moss, and quarterback Mike Riley. Uh, coming up uh, shortly, it'll be up on the web, so you'll be able to 
to. If you missed some of the show tonight, you'll be able to catch up with it and listen to it. Uh, head to 630ched.com and uh, head to the Eskimo page. We have some other stories on the Eskimos on their transactions today. Acquiring Hoffman Ellis, re-signing uh, receiver Nate Age back to the uh, practice roster. And uh, stuff from practice as well today. It's all there for you at 630ched.com. Eskimos and Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming up Friday night, 8 o'clock start, 6 o'clock for the Challenge Insurance Group pregame show here on 630ched. Head to the Eskimos website. Let's get some better attend. 28,000, kind of disappointed in that uh, for the season opener. Let's get a little bit more out for this game against uh, the Rough Riders on Friday. Head to the Eskimos website and uh, find out about some good ticket deals, including uh, $30 tickets for the game on Friday. Friday. Uh, back tomorrow morning with some Eskimo reports. Halsey's got sports. And, of course, we'll talk in the afternoon as well tomorrow. My name's Morley Scott. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, everybody.